0: folks. Well good morning and welcome to Skills West Expo. So over the next three days we're going to see 15,000 West Australians come through here. There are over 140 exhibitors, that's employers and training organisations. Today and tomorrow are school days so we'll see about 5,000 school students come through um, as well. And look at the wide range of training operations um, that um, are available for them to think about uh, for the how they want to uh, enter the workforce when they finish um, school. There's some key points that I think are worth noting today. Um, at the end of uh, June, we were at some 47,700 traineeships and apprenticeships um, across WA. That is the highest in a decade. In July, some nearly 4,500 training contracts were uh, entered into Uh, again that is um, a record high as well completions which is really important so it's not just the numbers of people that sign up to traineeships and apprenticeships but it's the number that complete them uh, that gives us the skilled workforce so that's up as well uh, this year by some 16% in addition today, I'm announcing that we worked with the ICT industry to develop three new traineeships. Uh, so that is uh, Cert 4 in Cybersecurity, Diploma, and then Advanced Diploma as well in Information Technology. This is a growing area of demand for uh, industry, uh, and we were pleased to work with them to create those three new positions. But in addition to that, Tweaked made some variations based on industry feedback to two existing traineeships um, in the ICT area um, as well. Um, Our record investment in training and the continuation of low fees uh, and continuing to add courses that are eligible for those low fees is really what has driven uh, the increase in these numbers, as well, of course, as record low uh, unemployment. Training is a key part of how we address and build A pipeline of skilled workers into the future but by itself uh, we know uh, it's it's not enough and that's why we've uh, focused on skilled migration and you would have seen the announcement that the Premier made on Sunday about how Western Australia has tweaked the elements of the skilled migration program that we influence to make it easier for skilled uh, people to come to Western Australia to meet some of the shortages that we've got. In addition, of course, next week, the federal government's uh, job summit um, is going to be really important and uh, Premier McGowan will be taking uh, clear messages there as well. We need them to uh, really fast-track the visa process but also to look at the occupations that they list that states can then add to our states list because we know we want to add some in particular uh, in ag and there was some commentary around that um, uh, earlier in the week as well. So today's expo, though, there's never been a more opportune time uh, for young people to come and look at all of the opportunities that are available to them. Uh, Record investment over the last four years, uh, five years now, has seen uh, training never be in a better position uh, than it is now. I'm looking forward to going on the floor and seeing um, what's available um, as well. And I'm happy uh, to take any questions about this. Uh, or anything else that you might want to ask me today. As a training minister, is there anything that you'd like to see changed in terms of how the federal government interacts with the state governments coming out of the, uh, the skills side? Yes, in particular. So we can, we've added occupations to our skilled migration list, but we can only take occupations that are already listed on the federal government's list. So we need them to expand that list in particular uh, to take into account some of the, what might be described as semi-skilled occupations, For example, in agriculture, Uh, they've already, I know, increased the number of staffing handling visas, but that is a major blockage, and we need that fixed as well. What about just in terms of actual funding of trade, is that completely state-based? Uh, no, it's a combination. It's about 70% state, 30% federal. They made some election commitments. I've already spoken to Minister O'Connor um, about how they're going to spend that money, and we're looking forward to that. Uh, they're going to add to the number of places that are available uh, at low or free uh, course uh, costs in TAFE, and I look forward to them rolling that out. terms of adding agriculture, what's in particular... Uh, yes, yeah, so there are some that are that already have qualifications uh, and are already captured either in TAFE or at Muresk, for example. There are others that are semi-skilled, so there's not a direct qualification right now, and we need the Federal Government to add to those too. So it's around uh, driving some of the machinery. I um, can we'll probably get you a list. Uh, I don't have the list in front of me, but um, uh, Minister McTiernan made some comments about that earlier in the week as well. Um, the Commonwealth is open to doing this. We know that they recognise the problem that industry is facing across the nation uh, and that we're competing, obviously, with other nations as well as we come out of the pandemic. I know they're open to it. I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out of that summit. These um, trading numbers are impressive. Is there a risk that they are scuttled by migration if we open the doors? Sure, and that's why the measures that the Premier announced on Sunday are temporary. So we've got to keep adjusting uh, the measures that we've got in place. Um, You'll remember we were elected on a promise about jobs, jobs, jobs. And so we made some policy shifts when we were first elected, which meant, meant, meant what we needed at the time. We needed more West Australians to be getting jobs. Uh, and so we adjusted accordingly the measures that the Premier announced on Sunday are temporary we will continue to adjust and if we need to pair it back so that uh, there are more opportunities for West Australians that's what we'll do right now with record low unemployment in Western Australia there are some very specific cohorts of people who we can probably do some more to help get back into like older workers for example we've really got to get over that um, kind of bias really that exists, that if you're over 60, um, suddenly you've got nothing to contribute uh, to the workforce. We've got to tackle that as well. And there are other cohorts that we can help, but with record low unemployment, and every industry across Western Australia looking for workers, clearly we need more skilled workers right now. Recruiting older workers, that requires, it does require changes, and we've spoken about it for some time in terms of people. Uh, you know, being able to work longer before it starts impacting on their pensions. Um, I mean, they've been talking about it for weeks and months. Nothing's getting done. No, but I would imagine that uh, the key advocacy groups for seniors and others, Jeff, will be taking that position uh, to the summit next week. It is about, you know, the balance uh, around pensions and superannuation as well. Um, But we know that there are people with highly skilled, high experience, calm methodical um, they'd be great mentors in the workplace and we've seen some examples of that so whatever the commonwealth government can do to adjust those income measures um, i look forward to that as well But it's as, it's, it's as if there is no urgency i mean talks of recruiting uh, you know hundreds of islanders or people from east team want to bring them down and on those temporary measures Just. The, nothing seems to be getting done and it doesn't seem to be any urgency about it yeah well in Western Australia I'd take issue with that because certainly Minister McTiernan um, did a whole bunch of work and we got uh, workers coming in from uh, some of the island Solomon Island I think and, and other places in the last uh, 18 months so Western Australia is showing that we can do it um, I do think to be fair to the federal government you know they've only been in government now what is it just about three months or so, and this summit next week will be important. And I'm sure that they already have been working on the sort of things that people have been putting to them as well. Do you think it needs a philosophical change when it comes to all the workers? I mean, some of us remember the 2020 summit that Kevin Rudd had, they talked about the Grey Army. Never happened before. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I think there is a kind of inbuilt bias in the minds of some Uh, employers, some recruiters, um, that perhaps, um, you know, your most energetic worker is in their 30s or 40s. In fact, what we know we need as well is the experience and the mentoring that really only people who've had a long experience in the workforce um, will have. So it is about shifting uh, the impacts on income policy. It is about shifting the kind of inbuilt bias, I think, that some people have about the worth of people Uh, over 60, it's a combination of those things. Um, I was just going to ask about um, a story that was running this morning on radio, The government modelling suggesting that demand for the teachers uh, will outstrip graduates by 4,000 over the next three years. Could you comment on that? Yeah, I will. So the report I heard this morning said it was uh, West Australian government modelling Uh, that indicated about 4,000 secondary teachers in particular, we'd be short. Um, There is no West Australian government modelling I've seen that reflects anything like that. There was some work done by the Commonwealth Department, which indicated, I think, over a four year period across the nation, uh, a kind of deficit of about 4,000. So that's kind of nationwide. I will say, if I give you this example, at the beginning of 2022, we had a churn, if you like, of uh, teachers uh, of about 2,000 we needed about 2,500 um, so that was universities are now producing less teaching graduates and more teachers are retiring it is an aging um, workforce um, so we needed about two and a half thousand at the start of 2022 we had a, across our various pools just over 3,000 so we got there but it is there's no question about it it's tight and that's the tightest it's been for a long time. There's a range of measures we put in place in WA to address that. And then, just about 10 days ago, I attended uh, the teacher shortage roundtable convened by Minister Jason Clare uh, in Canberra. And all of the states and the Commonwealth have committed to a further range of measures to put in place to address that. Is that any particular uh, pressure in the regions? Of course. Yes, I mean there always is, um, but in particular, it's secondary and some of the specialist uh, maths and science areas. Is that going to include- teachers in from overseas and is that something the state's tend to do in the past in big numbers? Uh, it is something we're going to have to do. Um, skilled uh, in, you know, teaching qualifications are included on the list uh, and the department has been working on making sure it's uh, interface with people wanting to come and work uh, from overseas um, is solid. So making sure that the a website is user-friendly, for example. Uh, I've certainly had conversations with the Teachers Registration Board uh, about how we can be uh, more flexible. Of course, we want appropriately trained, qualified, high-quality teachers, but there are plenty of those, in, particularly in those areas around the world that have similar uh, training systems to us, whether it's Canada uh, or New Zealand and the like, and yes, we will be focusing on that. Would that be a, a shift from how things have happened in the past, and we traditionally had to rely on- uh, we've always had a cohort of overseas-trained teachers because teaching is obviously a profession that is um, around the world. Uh, right now, though, um, we're going to certainly put more focus on it. I and mean, just on um, the, the subject of all the work, do you have any insight into these apprenticeships and traineeships? How many of those are among the know, age? mature age? Or, uh, yeah, I, I don't off the top of my head. I'll see what I can get you. But certainly one of the things that we put in place was... Uh, making it easier for employers. We provided a grant system for employers to take on what is described as a mature age apprentice, is actually somebody over 21, so it's not as mature as we might think. Um, mature means, um, but we, we put that in place to, to kind of make sure that there's not a financial incentive for employers to take the younger ones over someone who's really spent some time in the workforce, thought about where they wanna go and is deeply committed uh, to that. So that's already being put in place, but I'll see if we can get you some numbers on, uh, on what the age cohort is. Okay, thanks very much, folks.